You are Locked On the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Adam Morris, and this is Locked On NBA. How are you doing, Adam? I'm here to do your effing podcast. <laughs> am I allowed to say that? I don't even know. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, that's going to be the teaser of the show. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about Kevin Durant. Uh, we're going to talk about C.J. McCollum, and then we're going to get into, because Kobe played basketball or had pictures of him playing basketball <laughs> with Jason Tatum. <laughs> I got, Which I thought was very cool, by the way. I thought that was very cool. I think it is cool, too. Like I, I fight against a lot of the Kobe stuff, but I, th- I found that kind of interesting. So we're going to spend the second segment talking. Well, Adam's going to talk about which Hall of Famers he would like to play with current NBA guys, and then he'll I'll respond to him. And at the very end, just like we did last week, we're just going to celebrate the NBA with some of the topics that we just – or some of the things that we just like, that just some random stuff about the NBA that we like to, to talk about. You guys know, know where to find the show. You guys know where to find us. Let's dive into this Kevin Durant stuff. For background, in case you guys have been living under a rock, it started with Kevin Durant going on C.J. McCollum's effing uh, podcast. <laughs> and then uh, it was a good listen by the way i enjoyed it you know i still haven't listened i there's I, good stuff in there these things stole the headline but uh i thought what, what's kind of funny about this is and we're going to get into it but this is i think a, there are some real feelings being aired out there's no denying that i think yeah and you and if you listen to it what was so cool about the podcast was it was real yeah. you know it was two guys talking and so it felt cool and then to come find out no they both were both they both had their feelings hurt. I heard the only the only consistent complaint I heard about the podcast was that they were eating while they were recording it. And they were eating into the mic, <laughs> which like you guys, <laughs> it's like are we are we not supposed to be doing that? Uh, no, because I, I I can put the sandwich down if, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> Going for the cold cut trio mid podcast. <laughs> so anywho, they they go they have their back and forth, and CJ McCollum talks about. The Warriors and the way that that came together and and Durant had that line like don't worry about stuff at the top which is an all timer like could we, could we just that is a great line telling CJ hey you scrubs don't have to worry about the stuff that's going on beyond the second he, round he low key roasted the Portland Trailblazers right to <laughs> CJ McCollum's face which is kind of funny like you know KD has this not nice thing that he this image he that he think he wants to portray but it was almost. It was almost a little too cold. Like, I like roasting friends, you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever. But he was basically putting out this this vibe of you guys shouldn't even try because you're really not. You, you really think you're a team? You're not a team, bro. That was kind harsh. Of, that was harsh. Even calling out players by name, Yusef Nurkic. It was, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I was then, interested to hear a pro athlete go there. Let's put it that way. Well, I, I think the point you made a second ago, it being real, like, that's what we – and here's the yes. thing is yes. – is, and and this is just a general take on on the way we take in sports. Period is that we want players to be real, and then they're real, and then we freak the hell out about it. <laughs> like, can like, can I say this, Anthony? That this is a great point, and that's why my opinion of this whole situation is kind of weird. I kind of like Kevin Durant a little bit more than I did 24 hours ago before yeah. I listened to the podcast, before I saw this awkward interaction. And first of all, it's very clear, I think, at this point that Kevin Durant. So I don't. I, I want to phrase it. I don't want this to sound critical because it's really not. It, it's more of about the type of personality. Is he lacks a certain social IQ? 
yeah. that certain guys like Joel Embiid just have naturally. Some guys have this natural understanding of how you know to to have a public persona, mm-hmm. and Katie clearly does not. And it's not because he's not a good dude or any of this stuff. It's just he doesn't seem to understand how things are going to be received. <laughs> and, and I and and like you said, I really appreciate and have, and and over the last two years or so have grown to appreciate sort of him being this awkward, you know, everything that he says he is, he's got acne. He's, uh, he's, he's not co- as cool as people think and all this stuff that he's he, horrible that he hair. And I enjoy that. I actually kind of enjoy that about him, but it is cringy almost at times the same way we're all cringy in, in social settings sometimes. Well, I, I, and I think this is, this is a point that separates his cringiness, his cringeworthiness from our cringeworthiness is that you and I, know, acknowledge, and welcome the fact that we aren't cool. Like you and I, <laughs> right. you and I both know, and nobody expects us to be cool. In any kind of social setting, if you and I were to sit down with just a random group of people, nobody would expect anything of us. But when Kevin Durant, <laughs> when, when Kevin Durant sits down at a table or, or is just does anything in public, people expect him to be cool. And then when he isn't or, or thinks he is and then isn't cool, it just comes off as, as that, that level of cringeworthiness. Here's my yeah. here's my here's my thing with Kevin Durant. And and I am the guy who said that I liked him going to Golden State because the formulation in my opinion of super teams means that other teams are going to try to shoot to take them down. Now they'll probably fall short and Houston has fallen <laughs> short and then <laughs> landed in Carmelo Town. <laughs> so right. Like, so so you have that going on but but I think the thing with Kevin Durant is that he's in that he's in that kind of relationship where if you have to tell all of your friends every time you hang out with them that you are really happy in this relationship and and you are so stoked about the situation that you're in you're overcompensating and when he takes to the internet all the time and goes back at 15-year-old kids in the DMs to tell them how he's actually right. doing the right thing right. like I don't think he's necessarily happy with the decision but, that he w- made well I don't see I don't want to psychoanalyze him that much cuz the truth is I have no idea who yeah, Kevin Durant is I've only yeah. met him like 3 or 4 times you know interviewed him 3 or 4 times or whatever um but it, it is one of those things that I'll say he he came out today on social media and kind of defended. Well, this is who I am. I yeah. grew up. I grew up on social media. I'm not going to change. And I just kind of dig it. Like again, we want our athletes to be open and candid, but we also want them to be cool. Yeah. And when they're open and candid and not cool, you're like, we hey man, well. you're not supposed to be open and candid. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's kind of funny, man. Fans really want this like impossible thing more often than not, where they want the guys to be real, but they want them to be like. Uh, Man, I was gonna say Humphrey Bogart. Is that too, that's definitely too oh old for the reference. For the show. <laughs> <laughs> he's cool. We want him to be like the Rock. Like he he's the, go. he's a contemporary. Go. <laughs> Good Lord, Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> We're not. You're not allowed Let's to comment on coolness anymore. <laughs> Uh, podcast, NBA podcast. This is the year of NBA podcasts. Yeah, man. Like players have have realized they can take control of the media. Like you know, they can they yeah. can be their own media, and and more power to them. They deserve it. They've earned that right. But it is funny now that we're seeing some beefs through these yeah. through these podcasts. It's almost <laughs> like CJ and Katie entered the podcast friends. They walked out of it. It seems a little maybe <laughs> just at least a Real little tenuous. bit. Like hey man, what the WTF? Yeah. I I do. I do think 
like I'm happy they're doing it via podcast and they're not trying to like rap beef each other because there is yeah. nothing worse yeah, you're than right. the NBA players who who try to hop into the into behind the microphone and try to rap beef this stuff out. I'll put a quick button on this for you to mm-hmm. to close it out. Kevin Durant, I think clearly coming to the Denver Nuggets very shortly. <laughs> he has he has now tweeted about Nikola Jokic's brilliance like five times mm-hmm. now. He was on the podcast saying that's one of the they asked him, where are your favorite players? He came up with like four. Will Barton, Nikola Jokic were in there. Mm-hmm. He said, Michael Malone's a guru. I'm just I'm just laying it out there now. I'm planting that seed. So two years from now, everybody will be like, hey, where did I hear that before? It was Locked here. NBA, Friday edition. It was all of you guys in, in, heading into the weekend thinking about Kevin Durant, future Denver Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a second. And when we come back, we're going to change courses here. And Adam is going to tell me which Hall of Famers he wants to, to have mentor current NBA players. So this all started, I get a text, I met my folks eating some spaghetti with my parents, being super cool, as, as we were talking about a second ago, and I get a text, dude, Kobe is working out with Jason Tatum, and I thought for sure I was going to get a follow-up text, What? Ha- where's the Laker loyalty, where, where he's working out, <laughs> working out with a Celtic, uh, but, but I think it is cool, I think if there is a guy that you would want Kobe to be working with. It's it's Tatum, right? It's the it's the kind of one-on-one. Well, it, oh yeah, no work. doubt about it. I've said that I thought Tatum was a co- in the Kobe mold. So I yeah, it's a natural it sort sense. of mentorship there. Yeah. For sure. And I'll tell you this, I like I I there's one, few things I I dislike more about the NBA than than this generational divide, you know, which generation was better or whatever. Like I I'm fine with the debate. But for me, there's something beautiful about the thread of how these all these eras link together. And mm-hmm. it's really a passing the torch and a standing on top of the shoulders of, of the previous generation. And I, So I think it's cool to see some of these recently graduated player, retired yeah. players now working with the next class. I just think it's so cool. And it, for me, it elevates the game. So you're right. It is weird. A Laker legend taking on the next legend of the Celtics. But you know what? It's it's all about the love of the game, and I think it's really cool. Well, Kobe, throughout his career, always said that he took something from Elgin Baylor, something obviously from yep. Jordan, and, and, and so-and-so, whatever. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, yeah, it's cool to see him having taken that and also taking the next step forward and, and mentoring. But let's, uh, let's get to the actual topic that you wanted to get to beyond Kobe and Jason Tatum, which, like we agree on, is a very natural fit. But what... Who's the who's the first Hall of Famer on your list you would like to work with a current NBA player? Well, I'm just going to get my homerism out of the way, and he's still playing. <laughs> but but of course, my guy Jokic, uh-huh. and the player. There's really two. I mean, Tim Duncan, I think, would be the guy. But I'm, I put Dirk on the list here because hmm. I think both guys are just like revolutionary offensive players. And obviously, Dirk established Hall of Famer already done that. Jokic, I think, just the potential to be there. But just the uniqueness of the skill set and, and the leading the team, I think that would, I, I think Jokic needs a Dirk in his life, and I don't know that he has one. So <laughs> that would he, he's also Jokic, also an enormous Dirk fan, which is very cool. I'd like to see Jokic work with Kevin Garnett just for like a buddy cop situation. Oh, geez, yeah, <laughs> I don't think those <laughs> lessons are going to get through, man. <laughs> uh, no, Duncan makes a ton of sense. I, I like. I'd also like Pau Gasol kind of fits into that mold too, just from like the passing standpoint, the way they approach the game. I, I want 
I the reason I was gonna I I brought Garnett up though with Jokic is I I'd like to see him not so obviously awkward on defense. And maybe Duncan helps him get there. Maybe I don't necessarily think Dirk helps him get there. I think Dun- I think Duncan is a better like physical matchup. It, it, Kevin Garnett was incredibly athletic yeah. and just you know what I mean and, 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 and nimble. Duncan athletic in a different way, but much more just slow footed and positional defensively. So yeah, I think that could work. All um, right, who's next on your list? Dwayne Wade. Ooh. <laughs> Who's not again? Not quite retired, maybe. Um, <laughs> but that's but kind Donovan, of the right age. But Donovan Mitchell and I know our yeah. boss uh, David Locke likes this comparison a lot, and I really like it. I don't think it's made enough. I think I really do see Donovan Mitchell as Dwayne Wade with a jump shot. Now I'm not saying he's that's he's better, yeah, not better but I'm just either. saying stylistically uh, a lot of similarities there, and I think it would be cool to see that mentorship. It would especially show up on the defensive side. Like Dwayne Wade, yeah. maybe one of maybe the best shot blocking shooting guard in the yeah. history of basketball. And if Mitchell was to if Mitchell was to 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 close the gap between defense and offense, then you're talking about a legitimately special player. All right, what's next? This is an outside the box one. I think people won't see it till I explain it. But David Lee and Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, and <laughs> and and here's why Towns. I think incredible. I think Towns incredible offensive player, just dominant one-on-one guy. I would love to see him become a much better DHO player, dribble handoff player, because mm-hmm. to me, that's where the game is evolving towards. But also, I just think Towns is going to get so many more efficient post touches, so many better rolls, short rolls, pick and pops out of DHO. And I think David Lee's one of the best DHO players to ever play. So that I, I just think. Towns right now, and part of this is the system. He just goes down to the post and starts to operate, and that and so much of his game begins in the post. I'd love to see so much of his game begin in the DHO and and, and evolve into the post. Um, so I think that that's a guy I think he could learn some stuff from. That's completely out of left field. I don't have anything to add. What's your what's your, <laughs> <laughs> what's your next? Oh, one? these these get really weird going Go on. Go for it. Do it. Do um, it. Willie Cauley Stein okay. and Andre Karolinko. <laughs> Again, another another bizarre one here. <laughs> and this it, reminds it, me of like the tricks yogurt, where you're like, "Wait, cotton candy and green apple?" <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like that. No, I actually like Willie Cauley Stein. I don't see why he can't be an elite big in this in in here, except for. The vision he has of himself and what he thinks it, t- it means to be great. He's a guy like Andre Karolinko to me was a five by five guy, right? Yeah. He's one of the few players to get a five by five. He could he could guard everybody on the court, and he was just so good because of how great he was defensively and how locked in he was. Willie Cauley Stein seems to want to to have these parts of his game that are not there, mm-hmm. and seems to completely undervalue these parts of this game that he has. Yeah, like he has these really valuable skills that he just doesn't seem to care for and he doesn't have these these skills that he really really wants. I think Karolinko can he can be the center version of Karolinko that just this versatile and think about how valuable that would be. He By the way, crazy good feet Collie Stein does. He's legitimately 7-1. Like he's he's I seeing him in person, he's really tall. He's taller than you think. Mm-hmm. Uh and and moves like a guard. I just I think I just think he could be a defensive beast. He just needs to get uh, out of Sacramento, but yeah, that's part of it. What's your next one? <laughs> this is another really left field one. I think the rest of these are left. actually. I'll go to my a safer one. Mitchell Robinson and Tyson Chandler. Um, 
I like Mitchell Robinson a lot. He's another guy I really like. The Lakers I, apparently were really bummed that he didn't fall to them. I, I'm very happy he did not fall to the Lakers because <laughs> I think he's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a really, really good player, but he needs a good mentor there. And Tyson Chandler is a guy who, similar to him, came into the league without any college experience and, and a little bit raw. It took some years for him to really figure out the game. I just think he could help speed up Mitchell Robinson's process of, hey, these are the things you're good at, but they're really valuable. Here's how you do those things at a high level without fouling and maybe save him two or three years of that growth curve. Um, we got time for one more, but I'm noticing a trend here. And it, and, and honestly, it's, it's, hey, just recognize what's valuable and what you're good at that's valuable. But go ahead. Yeah. Who's, your, who's your last one before my, we go to My break? last one, and it's really strange. I don't know if I'm even bought in. But Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. and Andre Miller. And, and the reason here, <laughs> look, Andre Miller, not athletic. Not so at it's all. a weird, weird pairing. But Andre Miller, I think, is one of the true underrated true point guards the, that played this this game in the last 20 years. And I just think he there's things he can learn from a, a, that type of point guard with the size, the strength. Andre Miller, really strong uh, mm-hmm. point guard, like solid frame, knew how to play with his back to the basket. I think I just think all those crafty things. Dennis Smith Jr. already has all the one-on-one stuff, the quick first step, uh, but just learning the angles from Andre, a player like Andre Miller, especially in that system, I think would be uh, would be good. Yeah, I mean, you, you take an athlete and you and you get them to think as if they don't have that those athletic traits. <laughs> go. And yeah, all right, we're gonna take a quick second, and when we come back, we're gonna play what wound up being a pretty popular game last week. We're just gonna come back. We're gonna name five things each that we really enjoy about the NBA. All right, so uh, I'll 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 start since you had the last uh, the the beginning of or the entire last list. My my <laughs> random <laughs> my my random thing that I really enjoy about the NBA is the 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 reminder every so often of player uncoolness. Like the the <laughs> <laughs> like every it's a good so one. Often, timely. Yeah, every so often you're reminded, like you know what. You know, besides being a world-class athlete, a millionaire, and good-looking and all these things, every so often they have bouts of, of random uncoolness that I can relate to. You know what? It's because the reason that's cool is because of how – because the flip side of that is that most of these guys are insanely cool. So, like, it is cool when you see the moment where you see that they're human or whatever. You know, you, the, yeah. that, that part of it is cool. But to be fair, I always said that James Harden is the baddest dude I've ever seen. Yeah. Just because how he struts onto the court for warm-ups and doesn't miss a shot, and like it looks like he's like too good to be warming up. So I, I like that one. I yeah. like that one. All right, the uncoolness. It's rare, <laughs> but, it's, but it's good. Um, I like the uniforms. I know this one's corny, <laughs> but I just listened to it. It a great podcast, 99% Invisible. It's a graphic design uh, podcast, but they were talking about the old Toronto Raptors uniforms and how they, you know, the they, the Barney uniform, as they called them, and... and uh, I like that there's this like idea of what a classic uniform is, like the Knicks and Bulls and Lakers, and it hasn't ever changed. And th- but other teams that doesn't work and they have to change. Yeah. Some teams take big swings and miss. There's jerseys that were disgusting back in the day. Now they've become cool. I don't know. I like uniforms changing over time, and even the way we we like them or hate them changes over time. I uh, I would add. You mentioned like the the all time classic uniforms. You mentioned like the Knicks and whatever the Bulls and and whatever. Yeah. Lakers, the Charlotte Hornets 
teal pinstripes. Like yeah. those, those are always so cool. The, I look forward every but single year. So How is that going to work? They happen. Yeah. yeah, but they were so weird when they first came out because it was like teal's not a color, right? It's red. It's blue. It's maybe yellow, green. That's it. We don't need teal. Yeah. And it's like you know what? No, let's do this. And now it's a thing. I, uh, I'm my point actually builds into to the. It actually fits perfectly. Segways. It's almost like we planned it. We didn't plan it. I promise. <laughs> Shoes. Like the the involvement uh, of shoes in the NBA and how you know you have you have players that you you're never really particularly sure if so and so superstar is actually going to be able to move shoes. Why are Paul George's shoes more comfortable than like LeBron's shoes? LeBron's like the very first time LeBron came out with shoes, they were absolute bricks. They were not good <laughs> shoes. <laughs> and it's like he's like this, this all-time great player and this all-time great athlete who can get away with wearing these bricks on his feet, but they worked because he was so big. They couldn't work for somebody. And 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 the creativity, and I think this is kind of a thread culturally in in watching and covering and and taking in basketball is the creativity that's involved with basketball is so incredible. And it's such, it's such a cool aspect of the sport. Do you have a favorite pair of sneakers? Uh, well to wear or just like the look, just, just like your favorite. You think this is the best pair of sh- this best sneaker ever made? Uh, well, to me, the, the space jam Jordans are like, I, those stop me dead in my tracks every time I see them. They're just so yeah. cool. They're and, well, but I would never, I would never play in them. To me, like right, the, right. The Kobe shoes they had, uh, I think it was a Kobe eights or nines or something like that. That I just, you know, Kobe when he when he started the trend of of having people wear low top shoes, I remember being blown away. I thought to myself, well, this probably isn't going to end well, and I, I tore, <laughs> I tore up my ankle a couple times wearing them, but. But they're really, really comfortable. Do you do you have a pair? Uh, I don't have a pair of Kobe's. Um, no, no, I'm, I'm like like your favorite pair of shoes. I like the Jordan threes, which I think is the classic. That's like a default answer for. But I, yeah. I don't know. The elephant print, I think, is just so cool. It's so out of. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah. <laughs> that I dig it. Uh, my next my next thing here is uh, how accessible NBA stars are. Relative to other sports, yeah. did you know Serge Ibaka has his own YouTube station and, and he uses it? <laughs> yeah, I just found this out today. And he there's an episode like his own like little show, and he cooks cow tongue for uh, Bismack Biombo in it. This is great <laughs> content, man. They're eating and, uh, lingua like they what? Yeah, and so uh, just stuff like this ha- seems to happen in the NBA so much more than any other sport, and I think it's awesome. To that point, I was actually having this conversation with my dad today, and it's one of the things that baseball really needs to figure out. And your guy, your former guy, Kenneth Fareed, is on the same level of popularity, oh, yeah, statistically speaking, as Mike freaking Trout, who was maybe the best, best baseball player ever. That's insane. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know who Mike Trout was. So That's great. <laughs> but that's crazy. Oh, are you a baseball fan? No, no, oh, well no, then no, no, there no. you go. But but yeah. but you know you, you have these these NBA players who are willing to put themselves out there. Uh, my yeah. next my next thing and actually kind of it kind of works with the point that you were just making is how little markets seem to matter in terms of marketability. Like you have in Oklahoma yeah, City, nowadays, yeah. In Oklahoma City, like, and and this is coming from a Laker fan, right? Who who it would serve <laughs> if the opposite was true. But in Oklahoma City, you have two of the game's act at you know biggest stars. Russell Westbrook 
is a top 10, maybe not, he's, I don't know if he's a top 10 talent anymore, but he is definitely a top 10 star, a top five star, and he's playing right. Oklahoma City. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I do like that, although I think you're overstating it because it's still very much, much more profitable to be famous in L.A. Oh, but, well, yeah. But, yeah. but you are right that it is it is closing. Com- compared that to gap other is sports, closing though, com- compared to yeah. other sports, it's it's pretty it's it's a pretty stark contrast. My next one is shoehorning pop culture crossovers. <laughs> and usually this happens with movies that blockbuster movies that. I don't. I've never. You know this. If you've never listened to the show, I've never seen a Marvel comic book movie. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing this guy's name right. Thanos or Thanos? How Thanos, do I say yeah. it? Yeah. Thanos. Thanos. Every Thanos, pl- every player in the NBA has been compared to him at some point. Yeah. And I, I don't. I don't. I haven't seen the movie, but I know we're shoehorning the the reference <laughs> in there. Like, oh yeah, the Kawhi. <laughs> this Kawhi situation, a lot like Thanos, isn't it? <laughs> No, I don't I want, think so. I want one of our shows. I hope David doesn't fire us for this, but I want one of our shows just to me, me talking to you about Marvel movies and like how much. Oh you man! Oh. <laughs> um, all right, my uh, my next thing because you said NBA Twitter as just like a topic is too broad. Yes. But the speed at which NBA Twitter happens to me oh so is, fast it's incredible. Like today, the John Wall thing, or yesterday, by the time everybody's listening to this. The John Wall picture of him in oh, the Team man. USA thing, he looks huge. And and I'm not even kidding. To those of you who are not, you know, who do not do NBA Twitter almost, I guess, competitively, for lack of a better term. But there's a legitimate moment for me where I'm like, okay, all right, what what joke hasn't – wow, they took that joke. They, they took that joke. That, and, and, and it's like a, it's like a steady five-second period where like I got to come up with something. And, 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 and it makes you think like that. It's crazy how quickly that stuff happens. You know how he, you know how he looked like he, – he looked like when you were in like third grade and you didn't realize it was picture day. Your parents forgot. <laughs> it's like, like you just woke up late. When you're in your sweats. Your hair's not done. That's what it looked like. Like, oh. John, nobody told old John Wall it's picture day, huh? This is striking a chord with me because uh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm telling this story on the air. I was. <laughs> oh no! We had we had uh, we showed up one day, and it was bad hair day for pictures. Like we were we were like school wide. Everybody had bad hair day, and everybody put like gel in their hair to make their hair look all funky. And I showed up one day, and it, we were all running late. I just I I. Got to I got myself together really quick. Threw a hat on so like when you throw a hat on, your hair goes at all. And I took my hat off, and I wound up winning Bad Hair Day on accident. <laughs> <laughs> well done. All right, my uh, my next one. Or no, did you go? Yeah, it's your turn. It's my turn. All right. Are, uh, no, are it's you your on, turn. Oh, okay, I had team names. Okay. I like that the Lakers are in hell. There's no lakes in, lake, in Los Angeles. I like that the Grizzlies are in Memphis. I like that the Jazz are in Utah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Doesn't make any sense. See, I'm the opposite of that. I, I kind of wish, like, the Jazz were in New Orleans. Like, that. I wish I wish they would go back and... and I lo- this is a good look. Do you like the Pelicans or, not, or dislike the Pelicans? As I guess, a name. I guess I, I like them. They've grown on me. Yeah. Yeah, the Jazz would certainly be better, but I like like the ABA had the best names, the Anaheim Amigos, yeah, the San Diego Conquistadors. They had the <laughs> best. Like I think, I think, I think it's cool when your names are a little bit different. Yeah, I wish they would bring back the ABA ball. Like, yeah, just that would for be one dope. night. For one night, bring that bad boy back. All right, my next one, and this is really inside baseball. Oh but my! 
when bloggers meet each other, it's <laughs> yes, it's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is both inside. This is too inside. But yeah, but but just just when well just when bloggers, writers, whatever, when people whose the only interaction they've ever had is online. And you can't figure out because there are some people out there who don't have their names as their as their ats or whatever. And and you you sit there and well I'm I'm Kirk serious face you know <laughs> 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 that, that that interaction is really funny to me. All right, writers, television personalities, everybody—they're all dorkier than you think. Um, yeah. the, my, this my last one. I love that the game is alive. This is I'm gonna get philosophical on you, but the game okay. is alive and evolving. Yeah. This last 2018 season is was so different than the one before, both in strategy, playoff strategies, the way they the rosters were built, and next year's going to be completely different, and I just think that's so cool. Part of what makes cr- comparing across eras so difficult is that the game is just never the same. Everything changes, sometimes for the better, usually I would say for the better in my opinion, sometimes for the worse, but it's just always evolving, and there's no like one strategy that works and has worked and always will work for all remembered time. Instead, you have to constantly be reinventing yourself, and I just think that's so freaking cool, especially in this era where there's so many players with unique skill sets. It just seems to be evolving faster and faster and, and more and more abstractly, and I think it's, it's incredible. I think the NBA deserves a ton of credit for this because they are so open to change and so open to evolution of the game. Where, like, you look in football and the same type of player is what's expected to be a quarterback, right? The same type of things yep. you look for, that same type of stuff in, in baseball. But in, in basketball, it's like we talked about last show where Isaiah Thomas and Joel Embiid play the same sport. And right. and because of the flexibility and, and the different types of body types and athletes, you have to you have to try to make it work. And and you have guys like Julius Randle who come into the NBA and you just look at him. You say, we have to figure out some way to make this guy fit in basketball. And instead of instead of forcing him to be something he isn't, coaches in the NBA are more open to saying, how can we make this work? And I think that's made the game so much more interesting to cover over the decades that you wind up covering a sport. For sure. I agree. Good button on it. (laughs) All right. That'll do it for this episode of the Locked On NBA podcast, Friday edition. We'll be back at it again next week. Uh, We're going to find some interesting stuff to talk about as the offseason evolves, just as the NBA evolves. (laughs) But have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Make sure you guys are tuning in for the rest of of the shows on Locked on, Locked on NBA Network and Locked on NBA specifically. We'll talk to you again a week from today.